0: Welcome to Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. On Stageworthy, I interview people who make theater, actors, directors, playwrights, and more, and talk to them about everything from why they chose the theater to their work process and anything in between. This is episode 17, and my guest is Jesse, award-winning singer, actor, teacher, and producer, Alison McDonald. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook and Twitter at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or Google Music or whatever podcast app you use and consider leaving a comment or rating. jump in. Okay. (laughs) So uh, here's a, here's a question that, that I didn't ask you. And that's why, why theater for you?
1: Why theater? Uh, (laughs) That's a big question. I think, I think I've always, like when I was a kid, I was that kid who would just always be acting things out and doing little song and dance numbers. And, um, like in high school, I didn't, think I could do it as a career until grade 12. And then I had a really great drama teacher. And I just that it's something that you love to do so much. Um, I was like, I might as well give it a shot. I just had good people in my life in my teen years that really supported me and um, guided me in this direction, I think. And then it's that thing, once you start doing it, it's like you can't get away from it.
0: Did... did... So you were always putting on shows and things, but did, when did you discover what, you know, the, the, what theater was like, did you always just sort of, you always wanted to put on a show or.
1: Uh, I think I started, like I started with music and singing. Um, and then it was grade. Let me think grade five, huh, grade five. I had this, just our regular teacher, like she, you know, in grade five, they teach you everything. And she, brought drama into our classroom and we put on plays and i i remember everyone there was about five plays and so everyone got cast in in the shows and the part that she cast me in was this damsel in distress and i remember <laughs> I remember telling her i don't want to play this damsel in distress i want like a strong character so then i ended up getting cast in um another play where i played this evil innkeeper And I wore my dad's, my dad's suit and I wore like a fake mustache. And (laughs) that might be my first like actual recollection of theater.
0: (laughs) Had you, had you seen any plays or anything like that before that? Or was it just like it came into the classroom?
1: Uh, I I don't remember a lot of plays when I was a kid, like in elementary school. I remember one, there was a, the one, yeah. One show I remember that came to our school was, um, it was like anti-smoking show and they did stuff with black lights and puppets. I remember thinking, wow, this is the coolest. But as an adult, I can't, like, I just remember the visuals of it and but being like, this yeah, is, yeah. this is pretty, this is pretty awesome that these people are here doing this at our school.
0: Hmm. Did, uh, did, did, did so music was, was, was the, the entry point for you?
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, I remember doing that show in, in grade five in my classroom, but I was always singing and wanting to take voice lessons. Um, so I think that's where I realized how much I like enjoyed connecting to music and like, the stories in a song. Um, well, I mean, I guess I did. Yeah, I did more plays in junior high and stuff, but it was really the music that captivated me. Like I just... I would sing all the time around my house constantly. So, yeah.
0: Do you know when the two sort of came together for you?
1: Um, probably it would have been in junior high. Yeah. Cause our, again, in school, just like the nice, the cool drama teachers we had, they put on musicals. And so I, I just remember we did a production of the little mermaid. I don't think it was licensed or authorized at the time, but, (laughs) but, yeah, the idea of of getting to act and sing at the same time was um it was just so cool getting to connect to a character that way and um having something behind the music and the the melody that you you may be singing.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Um you you were saying that that you had people who who sort of like convinced you or taught you that that you could make a career out of this. Um And that was, when when you started to realize that, did you decide, were you like, I'm just going to go out and make it? Or did you think about, or did people guide you towards a theater school or anything like that?
1: Um, I'm trying to think. Well, nobody, I have to say, like when I went to theater school, like I went to, I grew up um, in central Alberta for the most part. So I went to high school in Red Deer and I had done like a youth summer theater camp after grade 10 and the guy who ran that i uh, used to run the um, the theater program at the college so i remember he called me up and was like when i was in grade 12 like basically saying just checking to make sure you're auditioning for the program and i rem- i remember getting that phone call just being like oh maybe maybe i should do this <laughs> like mm-hmm. i i didn't because like, i always really liked math and sciences and um and i like I was thinking about auditioning for the program, but you know, the little gremlins in your voice are always like, Oh, you're not good enough. You can't do it. Like Mm. how those, those things always seem to be louder than your champions outside of your head. But I remember getting that phone call and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this audition. And, um, then it made sense because the school was, it was a great program and it was where I was living at the time. So I could live at home and do that drama program. And, um, yeah, I think even after finishing Red Deer College, I still wasn't like I can do this for a living. I was still um, just like I really enjoy it, and I'm young, so I'll I'll keep keep trying at it. And then I went to CCPA in Victoria, uh, which Canadian College of Performing Arts, and did training there. And still, in my brain, I was like, well, I I can't make a living at this. That's crazy. Um, and then it was just kind of like little little projects just kept coming. Um, I remember, Short a few years after I went to CCPA, I went to um, Chimena's Theater Festival. They used to do this year-long apprenticeship program um, where you'd work in the offices and then you'd, you'd work up in the dining room and then you'd be in their shows. And um, so you'd be an actor, but then also be doing a whole bunch of other um, jobs around the theater. And I remember our, our stage manager, the first show I was doing she, she was talking to me and then she's like, well, when you become equity, I remember being like, what are you talking about? I can't do this for a living. What do you mean when I become equity? (laughs) Like it was still, it was still such a foreign idea to, to be doing it as a career, even though I loved it. I was still like, oh, how, uh, how, how do I do this? Um, and I have to, I think it was apprenticing in Shamanis that because we were Like I was in my early twenties and working with people in their, you know, anywhere from their thirties to their fifties or sixties and seeing that people do do it and, um, and still have the love for it when they are in their seventies, you know?
0: So it's interesting how you're, you spent so long and almost from the start, it seems like telling you, well, it's just the thing I'm going to do because it's fun. (laughs) And you had that voice that was like, I'm not good enough to do this for a living. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny how how and I mean you know what I think that that everybody who does theater combats that in some way for sure. Like, in a way, we're all. I mean, it's crazy that we would think that we would do this for a living. Yes, right. Yeah. I mean, it's if we were if we were completely sane, for want of a better word, <laughs> we would do what our parents told us, and you know, learn about computer programming or learn I like do a thing and sit and get a job and sort of do that little theater thing that you like to do on the side, but we were driven to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I mean, and, and and you've kind of been going like almost nonstop from project to project. Isn't that right?
1: Uh, yeah. Some, some years are, <laughs> there's, there's less stops at some years and then other years there's, there's longer pauses, but yeah, it seems to be, I feel like, um, I mean, those little voices always come in your head, come back, being like, "I can't do this." What are you doing? Doing? And I feel like whenever that voice comes back, um, the passion and the joy for theater is always stronger than than the voice. You know, it always. Mm. It's like a, yeah. everyone calls it the theater bug, right? It's just like you've been bit and you're 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 stuck with this yeah. lot. Thankfully, you know.
0: Yeah. So you went from 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 Red Deer mm-hmm. to the. Ve- to the west coast yeah and, and then what what was your journey to get to toronto
1: <laughs> well okay <laughs> i feel like i've just lived everywhere but, um so i yeah i was in red deer and then i went to school in victoria and then i actually moved back to alberta for a little bit and then i did a little um dinner theater um tour it was in winnipeg and edmonton uh and then I was back on the West coast and that's when I was in Shamanis and did an apprenticeship. And I ended up, I always had the intention of moving back to Alberta. And then, you know, I just met people in a show I was doing. I was like, heck, I'm going to, I'm going to move to Vancouver. That seems like a smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I moved to Vancouver and ended up uh, working at, with some lovely people and great companies and doing great projects there. And I was there for about seven years. Um, and then. I always, I always kind of blame my parents for this. My dad was in the military, so we moved around a lot, like every three or four years, blame slash thank them for it. Um, So it's, if I'm, if I'm in a place longer than four years, I start to get antsy just because that's how I, like we, I just moved around so much growing up. So at the seven year mark in Vancouver, I was like, oh my goodness, I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere in my entire life I gotta I gotta shake it up so um just made sense like the next like well the the big theater um center of Canada is Toronto so a good friend of mine and myself we we decided we're like let's just do it so we moved up to Toronto and um I remember thinking okay I I there's a good shot I will never work again by <laughs> Again, the little voice in your head being like, <laughs> "Of course, yeah, <laughs> you were good enough for the West Coast, but will you be good enough for Ontario?" <laughs> um, yeah, so I moved there and did auditions and um, ended up getting a job out in Gananoque at Thousand Islands Playhouse, and yeah, stayed in Toronto for five years. And then the little <laughs> the little like moving itch kind of came back and um decided to trek it back to Alberta and just be close to my my folks for a little bit
0: it, It's funny that that moving itch <laughs> I, I I used to have the same thing just in terms of like the apartment that I would live in. Mm-hmm um after like a year uh two years in an apartment I, i'd sort of start like going like apartment hunting for no particular reason yeah um so i sort of get like how you get you know you get into that habit of of like or that need to to move um it sounds like for the last couple of places you've been there longer than three years so you're sort of getting used to at least settling down for a short while
1: mm-hmm. and it's not that i like don't like or haven't enjoyed any of the cities i've lived in it's just uh i guess i i do like change like i I battle change but then I also like the challenge of it if that makes mm. sense cuz I find you you no, end up yeah. seeing parts of yourself that um that you may not have noticed like when you when you shake things up quite a bit you know
0: Well I mean if you go when you go to a new place you're you know you're leaving exa- like everything that you know so you are literally out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. like you're about as far from your comfort zone as you can get because you have to go from knowing the people that you know and knowing the place that you're in to knowing nothing about a place Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. and then you just kind of rely on like the small connections you may have made before Mm -hmm. you got there and um the great thing is is now i like I feel like I've got connections and really good friends and uh companies that I've worked for all across Canada now, and um like I feel if I you know when I go to Toronto, there's folks I can see and like little projects that I can work on while I'm there, even if it's a vacation or same with Vancouver, and like mm-hmm. going back there is always um going to any of the places that I've lived now feels like coming home in a bit in a sense.
0: Mm-hmm. You've had, you know, since you since you left Toronto, you've 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 had one of those uh, uh, nonstop working years, from what I can tell. <laughs> um, where, so you went. You, the we did. You and I worked together uh, with Keystone Theater doing uh, Springworks. We're doing The Last Man on Earth in 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 Springworks in Stratford, Ontario, and yeah. you basically when we finished, you basically were like leaving
1: (laughs) it was a bit it was a bit crazy I remember yeah we finished and then I was packing up my apartment uh and then I went yeah I went to Gananoque and did a production of Pirates of Penzance um for a chunk of the summer and sang some crazy soprano stuff which was awesome um and then I went down I actually went I went down to to Texas I have a friend who lives down there and uh I took this music course uh music together it's about teaching music to young kids like zero to five years old so I went down and took that for a couple of weeks and then came back up to Canada um started (laughs) well it's funny because I'm I think in my head I'm like gosh I haven't done anything this year and then when I say it out loud I'm like oh yeah I've done some I've been busy right It's funny how our brain plays tricks on us.
0: Um, no, it's true.
1: Yeah, it's funny. It's making me giggle a little bit. Um, yeah, so when I came back up to Canada, uh, to Alberta, I started working on uh, a CD of 1950s and 60s songs with a friend, just cover cover songs, and um, worked on that. And then I went to Chimayness, Chimayness you know, the Theatre Festival, and, and did a production of Elf, the musical, where I played Jovi which mm. was very fun. I got to play an elf too. I played Shawanda, Shawanda the elf.
0: <laughs> I'm not familiar with, with Shawanda the elf.
1: No, she wasn't, she was just, she's just an elf who, she's just a funny elf. And her name was Shawanda. <laughs> um, did, did,
0: I mean, you, I mean, I knew that there's, there's a musical called elf. Like I, I, I saw, I think I, I, I saw it on, on, like a, a, an advertisement for it online or something. Yeah. But, it's certainly not well known. Um, did you have any expectation going into that?
1: Well, I like I. It's it's a fairly new musical, and I I would listened. Like I was familiar with some of the songs, and I was familiar with like the songs that um, Jovi sang. Um, but funny enough, I've I had never seen this is terrible, but I would never seen the movie all the way through. Like I'd watched clips of it, but I'd never. Watched it from beginning to end. So then when I was cast.
0: I'm going to let you off the hook there because up until like three years ago, I had not seen it.
1: Okay. I don't feel so bad. So
0: don't feel bad. Don't feel bad.
1: So yeah. And then it was a matter of like when I got cast, I was like, well, I'm not going to watch the movie because then I'll just see Zoe Deschanel in my head. And, um, Mm -hmm. but so like I just, I was familiar, not even super familiar, but I, I knew some of the songs and, uh, I knew they were catchy tunes. Um, but then actually working on the show, it was so great. And it's, I mean, and then I finally watched the movie and it's just such a charming story. and um, Yeah. yeah, It's very, it's different, very quite different from the movie, but you still get the essence of this giant elf discovering who he is and trying to find a home in the real world. And yeah, it's pretty great.
0: How long, how long did that run for?
1: It, we started rehearsals I feel like I've celebrated Christmas for like three months. We started rehearsals. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) We started uh, October 26th and then we closed December 31st. And then, yeah. And then I ended up celebrating Christmas with my family after, (laughs) after the contract. (laughs) So I was like, gosh, it's Christmas
0: all the time. (laughs) Mm, It's fun. (laughs) Uh, And we're after, after Elf.
1: Uh, you- sorry. After Elf I uh no, yeah. uh came back to Alberta and then uh finished finished stuff on the the C D with my friend, just doing like mixing and getting it sent out to get mastered and whole bunch of stuff I had like I just had I don't know. I think I had a little clue, but I really didn't have a clue how much work goes into Putting a project like that together, so it was huge, huge learning curve, and I'm sure. Well, there were there were tears, stress tears, numerous stress tears were had. <laughs> um, got that done, and then I started in Camloops at Western Canada Theatre, uh, a production of A Closer Walk with Patsy Cline, where I played Patsy Cline. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm.
0: For for your CD, is there any particular like? You know, you were doing these these '50s songs. Did did you were they did you choose them for any particular? Yeah, reason?
1: well, originally it was, um, it was. I've always I just thought thought it would be fun to make an album, and um, I'm always like, I'll write some songs, and then I never get like I just haven't had the creative juices flowing to write songs so I was like all right well let's what kind of music do I like and I've always liked 1950s and 60s songs and when I got cast in A Closer Walk with Patsy Cline I was like this might be maybe it'd be smart to sell CDs in the lobby afterwards just uh I don't know give myself a challenge a project and then mm-hmm. something to show for it afterwards um so I'd yeah I'd sung I, I put a number of Patsy Cline songs on there um because I'd be selling them after the show, and then I've I've done other jukebox musicals that have 1950s and 60s songs. So one I put one fine day on the album because I it's, it used to be my go to like 1950s pop song audition songs. So I was like, I like the song, let's stick it on, and it's been mm. good luck. So um, another song, a good friend of mine, she sang it in a show, and I always loved her rendition of it, and so it was kind of like a little tribute to her. Um, mm. It was where, where the boys are. And, um, another, yeah, they all have like, like there's a song. Um, if I give my heart to you, I had, I did a, a show about Lucille Starr, who was a Canadian country singer, um, okay. In the fifties and sixties. And that was one of the songs in the show. So each of the songs on the CD have like, I have a, a connection to it in, in some way. Most people haven't really asked that though. <laughs>
0: Well, I thought. I mean, if you're if you're putting together an album like a CD, and I, I you obviously you're like you haven't done that before. No. Um. There, you, you, you must choose the songs for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um. And what was like? How long did it take you to record it? As opposed to just like the master. Like how long did you, did you, were you in the studio itself? for?
1: Well, not, like, we were, like, we were, we, we had limited time. Like, it was always, like, my friend had, you know, three hours one night when I could come Mm. over. So, I mean, recording, hmm, and we, like, we recorded the vocal track, and then, and then we, you know, spiced up the, the back, Mm. the backings. But, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 to 10, 10 hours? of just Mm. recording and, but then within that we were also mixing at the same time, but I mean, Mm. studio time with everything, maybe 20 hours with the mixing and musicians coming in. Mm. But it was, it was definitely spaced out over like a couple of months of like this weekend, I'll come over or this weekend we'll do it. So um, I didn't track it necessarily, but I don't Mm. think it was, my friend may beg to differ. He probably spent way more time after I left. (laughs) (laughs) fixing things up (laughs) he'd probably be like Allison it was 40 hours what are you talking about 20
0: (laughs) yeah and now we've talked a lot about 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 your your singing your acting and 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 things like that but like I like I mentioned when when we met you were doing you joined us to do Uh, The Last Man on Earth, which is a play in the style of a silent film, which has no spoken words. Yes. (laughs) So how did it, how, because I don't actually know the backstory for how you came to join us and, and, and even how you felt about doing a show where this tool that you've used for um, so many years, you didn't get to use.
1: Yeah. Um, So what's the question?
0: Sorry. (laughs) Um, so how okay? First off, uh, what's the story behind how you came to to join us?
1: Oh, so I, uh, one of Jeanette, who was the director and like co creator of the show, I had I I had auditioned for her mm, for a few months prior to that, and had worked with her. After auditioning for her, I worked with her a few times and did some workshops, and um, and then we ended up having like a jam, like four of us who would get together and we would jam in, in a rehearsal space and just improv stuff and each bring in different ideas. And a lot of it, Mm. there was, there was a lot of physical theater aspect of it. Um, And so I think it was just working with, with Jeanette um, in, in that capacity. And then um, Dana wasn't able to, reprise her, her role at spring work. So then Jeanette was like, just called me up and, um, checked mm. to see if I was available and if I was interested and I definitely was. So that's how, how I came to, um, be a part of the show. I do. Yeah. Because most of my experience has been in, in singing and, <laughs> and talking. Yeah, <laughs> My family would definitely <laughs> 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 They'll be like, all you do is talk Alison. Um, but yeah, the last, like my last, year in Toronto when I was working with Jeanette and, um, a few of the smaller projects was a bit more physical theater and I really enjoyed it. And I, like, I grew up figure skating too. So I felt like in a sense, it was kind of connecting back to storytelling that I would do in skating, right? Like you express through using your body and, um, but like, essentially, we're all telling stories, right? It's just finding yeah. the different way of getting the message across. So, um, I'm yeah, it was always very appreciative and thankful that Jeanette, um, kind of, um, guided me in that direction or saw mm-hmm. like, hey, hey, you've got uh, a good feel for this. So it was nice being able to explore that and and come onto the show and be a part of the team.
0: Um, did did you find it find it difficult um, to sort of like drop the you know be unable to speak and yet still tell a story? Did you did you struggle with that?
1: I struggled. One, it was um not like not being able to speak was okay, but it, sound effects actually because I like in. <laughs> in life (laughs) I make a lot of sound effects and I mean a lot of training and voice work it's all like saying how connected the voice is to your intention and and the movement and um so I would find myself like almost making a sound effect and being like, no, it's just silent, it's silent, Alison. So, um, <laughs> so, but I remember Jeanette talking in rehearsal about how you can use the breath and that really helped. Cause, um, yeah. I think there was a point where I like the silence, I tried to just like stop breathing, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is not good yeah,
0: yeah. in any no. situation.
1: Um, so yeah, it was, it was, um, like it wasn't it wasn't frustrating but it was interesting um but just experiencing it being like okay how do I channel how do I how do I re-channel this this vocalization that I want to create and I mean I don't think I actually thought about it at the time it's um it wasn't my brain being like oh how do I not talk now but thinking back on it that is that is kind of what was happening of how how do you keep all the energy that you have but um just just place it in a different a different way
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and did so you you i mean as somebody who who had not like we as people who who'd worked in that style for a while we all like come into it and sort of just just know it mm-hmm. um aside from just the non, the not speaking was it was it difficult to sort of um come across and and like do the silent quote unquote silent film thing, which um, is sort of like its own um, thing
1: it was i think like honestly it was m- most of it like it was just more fun than anything like it felt like I was getting to go out on the playground and play with everyone and <laughs> um i mean there was moments where because because I was the one who didn't necessarily know what was supposed to be happening in some moments um like I would get frustrated because I'm like I don't know how to do what I'm supposed to do right now um because mm-hmm. you're stepping in to someone else's to work right else's role, yeah.
0: so you're, yeah. you're you're
1: you want to be truthful to to what they've created because that's how the show exists is with is with that um Character that the original person created. So you want to fit into that, but then also understanding that we are different people and trying to find the balance within that. And some, I think there was, you know, some days are easier than others and some moments are are easier than others. Um yeah. I think it was it was a good lesson for me um, of just being uh kind to yourself and uh not letting the little gremlin in your head be like, you're not good enough because I mean, we're all there to to have a good time and do the work and tell yeah. the story, and yeah. uh, you know.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> um. So, right now, are you? So you're still in Alberta? Mm-hmm. Are you in Red Deer? Or are you in? Al- are you Edmonton, Calgary? Where Where are you at? <laughs>
1: well, right now I'm in Edmonton, but I'm going to be in Red Deer okay. tonight, and then Calgary tomorrow.
0: <laughs> well, okay. What are you doing?
1: Well, this these aren't interesting things right now. I'm going to be um, oh, oh okay. It's just like Joe job kind of stuff. So I'm kind of going back and oh, forth okay. and okay. um. But what am I? What's interesting? I'm going to be going to Kamloops in a flu a few weeks, trying to put together a little a little demo for singing at wineries in the Okanagan for the summer.
0: Oh okay okay <laughs> um so 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 tell me about that. <laughs> what's... <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, that's out of left field. <laughs> that's, that's sure. What, what's what's going on with that?
1: It's um. so when I was working on um, Patsy Cline and Camloops, basically uh, like they had a, a band from Kamloops who uh, was the band for the show. And I was just, it was just pretty awesome. I felt like I was like, wow, I'm actually a singer in a band. This is awesome. So I was chatting with some of the musicians and, um, I have a friend who lives up in in the Okanagan. We were just talking about wineries and they have all these bistros and um, a lot of live music in the summertime. So one of the musicians um, and I are going to like form like a little duo or just at least try and get some summer gigs and drink wine and play music. Well, sure.
0: (laughs) Well, sure. Why not? Yeah. Is that is that? is that your summer plan? Do you have any shows lined up or is that uh, is it just whatever comes your way sort of thing?
1: Uh, for the summer I'm going to be back in the, the Patsy Klein show goes to Gananoque. Mm-hmm. So I'll be there, um, May, mid-May to mid-June.
0: Yeah. And
1: then I'll be, I'll be in Toronto after doing a, a kid's Friends show there. Nice. Yeah. And then, so this is just, um, the winery. I was like, maybe it'd be great to these, this is a pipe dream right now,
0: (laughs) just so you know,
1: (laughs) the winery is like, hopefully maybe I could get some gigs July and August. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I was actually thinking earlier about how your experience when you were younger, uh, in a military family moving from place to place sort of prepared you for the, the nomadic life that, that, a an actor's life can be Mm -hmm. you seem to be very very at home with like picking up and moving from one place to another
1: um I go through phases of being okay with it sometimes (laughs) (laughs) I think I sound cool but I'm really not this cool (laughs) um but yeah I, I mean you get you get used to I think there's there's a comfort in in the moving around like once that becomes the norm like it starts to feel a yeah. bit stable because you're like oh this is what i'm used to i'm used to moving around and um mm. right now i think i'm in that place where i'm like oh i'm i'm used to having my suitcase and being able to pack for a week at a time and move go from here to here to here and um i mean i don't know how how long that can last i think i think people i think i would burn out doing that all the time but Um, right now it's exciting I like it and you get to see so many places and visit so many great people and artists and reconnect with people that I haven't seen in a chunk of time so Mm. yeah but it definitely I go through phases of sometimes I'm like this is the best and other times I'm like what the heck am I doing but
0: Mm. you just you
1: ride the ride right
0: well you, you yeah you have to you have to just go it you have to roll with it as best you can
1: hmm. And I think as long as it's um, like you trust your gut, I'm like this feels good right now. And I I'm enjoying it. And I think as soon as I mean, with anything, as soon as you stop enjoying it, then then stop, <laughs> like find a way to to enjoy it again, you know?
0: Well, that is I mean, burnout is a real danger for for people who spend, in some cases, every waking hour doing this this thing like going from like this this little gig to this little gig to this little gig to mm-hmm. uh, you know and they just keep going and going and, and and that and burnout is a very real thing and it can really <laughs> you know it can it can ruin you on 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 the performing arts mm-hmm.
1: sometimes and i think that
0: uh, oh sorry yeah go ahead no go ahead i please. was just
1: gonna say um like moving back to alberta i think it was a bit of a burnout well, like it was starting to feel that, that coming on, because a lot of times if I would have time off, I would be like, oh, I want to go home and visit my family. And, um, that's where I was wanting to spend my downtime was back here and visiting my folks and my sister. And, um, but my brain was kind of like, wait a second, maybe, maybe if that's where you want your downtime to be, you should, you should
0: be closer make that.
1: that happen. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah.
0: You were talking earlier about, um, you know, how you, you thought that you would write music for your album when you finally did it. Um, is writing a thing that you do or that you want to do?
1: I do want to do it. Yeah. I'm more just, um, kind of journaling now. And, um, I'm really interested in TYA and like theater for young people and, um, stories for children. Um, Yeah. I think with like, with the album, just getting it done, I was like, sometimes, I don't know if you feel this way. Sometimes it's just like, you just got to do it. And like, I I was like, okay, if I just do this, if I know I can get it done um, without writing music, then I know if I wrote music, then I could also create, create an album. So um, I Mm -hmm. do have a friend uh, we both have talked about children's music and, and creating um, like a children's album at some, at some point. So um that's definitely on on a little back burner and mm. yeah creating um like one person cabaret shows i'm always interested in like maybe not necessarily writing the music for them but um creating a through line and the story and picking the songs that that fit fit the theme and the message you're trying to get across always interests me it's just finding the time is that time. something you've done
0: before <laughs> is that something like a cabaret is that something you've done before or something that you want to do
1: i've done i've done um I've done small cabarets. They haven't been, um, like they're cabarets, but I haven't like super, this isn't a great sentence, super stuck to a theme. (laughs) Yeah. I want to (laughs) write. Um, but I would love to actually pick a theme and create like a nice through line for a cabaret where, Mm. um, yeah, I've done a lot more casual style cabarets that feel more like a concert, but I'd like to have one that, um. Just ha- is just more solid in its its story and theme. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah. No, I mean it's it's funny because you were talking about just just doing it mm-hmm. earlier, and I kind of feel like like sometimes you just have to put yourself in a position where you have to do the thing. Yes. Yeah. You know, like I'm doing I'm doing a a, a one a one man show in uh, in Hamilton Fringe this year, and like I got myself I, I decided that I was going to do it because. I had to do it. Like I've had this thing on the back burner for almost ten years. Yeah, and it was like if I don't put myself in a position to do this, I'm just never going to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. You just have to buckle down and and get. I also think it's it's helpful to have like people around who you're you are you are accountable to. So it's like you've told someone you're going to do it, and then they're like, "All right, I'm going to like either help you or make sure you do it." Like, like,
0: or they ask you about it later. So that thing that you mentioned that you were going to do, how's yeah. that? How's that?
1: Yeah. And you're like, it's going great. Or, oh, no. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, I mean, that thing that I did. Yeah. Um, is there, do you like, do you have ideas for what you want to do? Is it like your through line uh, cabaret? Or are you just sort of like, it's a thing that you want to do one day?
1: Uh, for the cabaret, I mean, there's like always, I guess I just, sometimes I just have too, I have too many ideas. That sounds ridiculous. You know what? You know what?
0: <laughs> no, it, it, it does not sound ridiculous because I, I know. Lots of people, and it's it's sort of like a thing that that I do, and that I know a lot of people do is I have like an idea file. Yeah, I just put something away in the idea file, and then yeah. when you when you know you have some time to go to it, you can pull it out of the idea file and say, can I make something out of this, or or do I need to just put it back? Mm-hmm. And it can be good to have too many ideas.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. One like one main theme is is the idea of coming home, and I guess just because that's also uh, close to me right now, and just what home and family and and history within your family, what that all means, and how it creates um, the person that you are, right? Or or what, how much of it creates the person that you are, and how much of it is how much of you is you know p- past your family or past your history or your your where you came from? Do you know what I mean?
0: I do. I do. So.
1: Yeah, that's kind of a theme that's been sticking with me. And, you know, mm-hmm. whenever I have like, if I'm at a concert and I'm hearing a song or different moments that I've experienced lately, I'm always like, I kind of like clock it in my brain or put it in my, my little ideal file on my phone <laughs> where I'm like, oh, this would be good for this, mm-hmm. this yeah. um, cabaret or theme or, you know, story night, whatever you want to, whatever you can label it. It seems weird labeling it, but.
0: You have to, you have to call it something. Yeah. Um, when you, when, do you ever sort of sit back and sort of think about what you thought this journey would be, uh, when you were younger and get, and sort of like thinking about doing it and, and, um, what you've made it into now?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I often think back to that, like the little story of like being in Chimayness and the person being like, well, when you're equity and, like it wasn't just the equity thing that I was like, that's crazy. Like I really did think, oh, I'm just gonna I'm just I'm just doing this right now, just for a little bit. And mm. it's not because I wasn't passionate about it, but yeah, just that I um yeah, I didn't think I kind of did believe that yeah. That I could do it, right? And and yeah. um it's interesting to to think back of like the experiences and, you know, the shows and the stories you've told and the people that I've met and um, and that I think through, like, it's interesting to to see what, what I've learned or, you know, what I love and it's neat to look back and it's like the stuff that I really love is like working with good people and that's what keeps you going. It's like, yeah, I feel like anytime that, you know, burnout kicks in or you're like, what am I doing? It's usually a contract where you're working with like superb people that, um, like the work is great but it's also like just being with good artists is so yeah so rewarding and and also i think back to you know when i was in my early 20s and how like how afraid i was of messing up and making mistakes and not getting it right and i mean that still plays a part in my you know in my process and my brain but like i'm i'm able to to see it a lot more now, like when it when it starts yeah. to come in, to go wait a second, that's not helpful. Like if you're terrible, you're terrible. <laughs> it's, if you're terrible, you're terrible. <laughs> like all you can do is your best and like put the work in. And um, that's yeah, it's interesting for me to think back over like the fifteen years and and go oh, that's a, it's a you know to be in my thirties and be like that's what I've learned. Don't be afraid. If you're terrible, you're terrible. But uh, it's really freeing. It's incredibly yeah. freeing to be like, well, it's no one's going to die if you hit a bad note on stage or like doesn't make me a terrible person if, if I'm not the best at this scene. Um, but it feels it feels terrible to not give it your all. Right. So it's better to give it your Do all you, and fall on your face than
0: yeah, no shy away from it. Do you remember so. which show you got your equity card on?
1: My equity card. Um like when
0: what it? did I get? It? Do you remember?
1: It would've uh, uh I'm trying to think. It would have been I think it was suds. I was doing this this touring production of suds, the rockin' nineteen sixties soap opera musical. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just have to say the fact that you had to that you had to sit back and think what was that? That, that I got that, it sort of just says that you know you probably work a lot more than you you think you have. If you look <laughs> back at,
1: <you. laughs> I guess, hey, Our, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've had some really great, great experiences and great contracts, and yeah. yeah.
0: I think you know I was thinking about what you were saying about about surrounding yourself with good people, and I think that that as artists, it's so important for us to make sure that we have other creative people around us, not necessarily all of them actors, but just to keep the creative people around because we challenge each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, sort of like being around creative people makes you creative.
1: Yes. Yes. And I, I think um, I was talking about this with my friend the other day uh, about like keeping the creative people close to you and also like the champions of your work close to you. Cause and then she said something about, um, the crazies, like keep the crazies away. And, and by crazies, like she meant like the, like the naysayers and the negative, like the negative Nancys who are like, you can't do that. And, um, mm-hmm. and how I think it is important to like, keep your, your creative bubble. It's a sacred space. And as soon as like somebody comes in, like tapping on it, being like trying to pop it, like you gotta, you gotta make sure they, they, like you, you, you make sure they, they stay away. Cause I feel like we we do it enough to ourselves being like, this isn't gonna work. So you don't need an outside person mm-hmm. in your creative circle being that that voice yeah. as well. So
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, where can people find you online? Are you on Twitter? Do you have a website?
1: I, yes. I why, yes, Phil, I do. <laughs> 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 my, my website is Allison it's kind of a work in progress right now, but it. I am. I am out there, and then on Twitter, I am. What am I? This. This is Ali Mac. That's who I am. At this is Ali Mac. <laughs>
0: nice.
1: I'm new um, to. I'm new to Twitter. So. <laughs>
0: oh, how 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 new to Twitter are you? Like- um.
1: It sounds like a joke. <laughs> how new to Twitter are you? Um. Yeah. No. <laughs> pretty. Uh. I feel like I had a Twitter account, and then I canceled it, and then I just got another one. Like, like. Uh a year ago, six months ago, something like that. Oh,
0: okay. Well, all right. No, that that's, that's pretty new. Yeah. Pretty new. Um, do you, do you use it regularly or is it still like one of those, like, I don't know what I'm doing? Just...
1: Well, I post some things, but I don't really yeah. use it much. I'm like the show is closing. Here's a picture. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's a start, right? I yeah. mean, it's, I think that a lot of actors haven't figured out how to, how to social media, you know, like what are, what are you supposed to do? What are you like? What are you, what's it for as an actor? Yeah.
1: Well, and it feels like every time I, I put something on Facebook or, you know, say something about a show closing, I, it feels, uh, I mean, I guess it, it's a marketing tool, but it also feels, um, it just feels weird to me, but I get that it's.
0: You, you, you're still, you're still in that. It feels like I'm bragging when I post something. Is that, is that sort of like the? I'm saying, look at me, I'm doing awesome things. I guess them.
1: it's kind of yeah. yeah. And but then I think like, well, and I have friends who post things. I'm like, oh great, I want to know what they're yeah. up to. Um, yeah, I go through phases with Facebook. Sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, let's put stuff, and then other times I'm like, no, no. But it's a, mar- it is a marketing tool, but then it's also a. I,
0: I, I kind know. of feel like you have to look at it in that sort of like I'm sharing with my friends thing. And I think you have to do that with Facebook and with Twitter. Yeah. I mean, treat it like, you know, you're sharing stuff. You're sharing what you're doing with your friends. Yeah. Um, even if you don't know any of the people who are following you on on Twitter, I think it's a good idea to like talk as though they're your people. Yeah. I mean, they're following you for a reason, even if they might be spammers or like whatever. But mm-hmm. like, they're following you. The the majority aren't. They're they're they want to hear what you have to say.
1: Yeah. Well.
0: Um, maybe. Can people buy your your CD online?
1: I don't have. They can they can order it, and I can mail them a CD. Uh-huh. I'm very old school like that right now. Um, I'm looking into getting it uploaded onto iTunes. Um, but yeah, there's information on my on my website about ordering it and then getting an actual old school CD in the mail.
0: (laughs) Sweet. Sweet. That's great. That's great. Well, we're, we're kind of out of time here. So uh, I want to thank you for, uh, for joining me today and and thanks for the conversation.
1: Yeah. Thank you for asking me. This was, this was fun. (laughs) My brain was like, oh yeah, I get to, I don't know, talk about my hopes and dreams. (laughs)